This episode is sponsored by Kiss. The new single by me. <laughs> the new single by Dan Parkinson. You don't have to be rich to be my girl. You don't have to be cool. Stream Kiss by Dan Parkinson on all streaming platforms now. I'm all compatible with I just want your extra time and your All right, I'm Dan, and you're listening to the Stage Fright Podcast, where we talk about mental health while working in creative industries. Today is the second part of talking to Rob Clamp. I was like, right, well, a night in is a night wasted. We start by talking about different songwriting techniques. Netflix on shuffle. I'm just going to write a song about whatever it is. Imagine if it was Paw Patrol or something. Mate, <laughs> like, it could have been anything. And I was surprised to find out that Rob didn't know what red light syndrome was. What is that? I've never heard of that. I asked Rob the most important question that every non-musician wants to know. A lot of people say, well, you've recorded the song, why can't you just release it? But there's like a whole process. <laughs> and the financial burden that comes with that. So then when you chuck it on Spotify and you're getting 0. 0.003 pence a stream. <laughs> yeah. That really puts it into perspective. Yeah, man. And what that means for an artist like Rob. Man, it's rough. Like, yeah. if you get into the long and short of the financial side of it, you really will get bogged down. Mm. It's hit me pretty hard. We talk about social media. I'm going to get quite grumpy now. The blue tick. The blue tick has kind of gotten to me recently. And then Rob saw my Kids Can't Fly poster. <laughs> Kids Can't Fly was fun. I, I kind of joined it for the last three or four years of the band. Yeah. And then it kind of just disbanded because, well, it's a band. You're listening to the Stage Fright Podcast. Here's Rob Clamp, part two. How are you with your writing process? What's your songwriting process like? Um, it varies, man. Is it? Like, yeah, drastically, because I don't know. I think you've just got to be in the right headspace. There's no YouTube video to say this is how you write a song, is there? No, I go through basically just waves of like, I'll go through really creative parts of the year to not creative at all parts of the year. Yeah. I'm not really sure why. Maybe it's yeah, the mental that. space that you're in. I think sometimes if I think, all right, I need to write an album, I'll spend the next 10, 11 days just writing the album. Yeah, yeah. And then I won't write anything for yeah. three or four months. Well, this is it. The problem I've, I've found is that I've had like a lot of songs that I didn't get around to recording or releasing and I've kind of just banked them. Like mm -hmm. I always call it as like, banking them because yeah. you kind of just secure them there and it's like yeah. i've got something for this they're on the shelf in there. case this yeah. is there yes. this happens say somebody needs to do a first dance or something it's like oh yeah. i wrote this for you, you yeah. Know, you know, <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> written it like 10 years ago i've got hundreds of songs that i've just never recorded but do you know how they're gonna that you kind of write the first verse and the chorus and you go i know how the rest of that song's gonna go so i'll just bank that for now yeah yeah and then much. some songs just the complete thing comes out yeah, in about yeah, 12 yeah. minutes yeah but then there's other there's other things where you you'll think you'll have something and yeah. you'll be working on it for days and weeks yeah. and then nothing comes nothing of it. comes you just, of it. you just can't find the right melody to match whatever it is no. that you're trying to do and you'll be left in a position where you're like oh man like we're gonna I still have to feel like i've got song. something here yeah there's, there's a few bits that i've got on acoustic guitar where i'm like i'm adamant i've got a song in there yeah but i just i haven't been able to make it materialize but then there are other cases where i i haven't done it for a while but i do sometimes do it if i've got time this is the thing i'd love to have more time this is where the logistics come back into it so, so it's yeah, like, if you had someone sorting out your tools yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, i have more time because um I used to do this thing where it would be, there's a song which is going to be on the album, which is trying to weigh up whether to call it Who Shot JFK or the JFK song. But there's, okay, a, yeah. there's a song about the JFK, okay. like, and it's about the film called JFK starring Kevin Costner. It was during the pandemic mm -hmm. and I was like, Netflix on shuffle. I'm just going <laughs> to pick whatever comes up. I'm just going to write a song about whatever it is. 
that just came on. I just watched the film and like I so watched. Imagine the f- if it was Paw Patrol or something, mate. <laughs> like it could have been anything. Yeah. It could have been Baywatch, you yeah. know. <laughs> like, it yeah. just could have been anything. Like I don't know. But so it this, was, this show came up. The yeah, the show came up. Uh, well, it, it, yeah, it's a it's a film that's based around like if you've if you've not seen it, it's Kevin Costner stars in this JFK film, which is the conspiracy theory of who shot JFK. Okay, cool. I was like. Yeah, I'm just going to write about whatever comes up. And that came up. I wrote about it. And within, I'd written it that night. Like, I just wrote the whole thing that night. And I watched the film that night. And I wrote the song that night. And I kind of felt like, oh, I might change it. And I think at the time, I don't know what it was. I think there was like, there's like a line in it in the chorus where it's like, oh, we've come a long way from the swing in 60s where there's been so much change. It's, it's something like that. And mm-hmm. it's like, and the, the end line is always like, who shot JFK? Yeah, yeah. But it was, I was kind of tempted to put, I don't know, something about the USA or something. Yeah. In that. Like you're, you're always tempted to change the chorus or the punchline or something just so that it's not so, I like to make things more subtle when, yeah, when, you're, yeah. when you've got intent behind it. But the problem with this was the only intent behind it was the song, <laughs> yeah, like it was yeah. the film. Sorry, so it's like I've just written about the film. I don't really care, like you know what I mean. Like (laughs) I I don't really, I don't really have a. It's not. I don't care. I don't really know enough about the JFK assassination to write a genuine. I'm quite concerned if that song does well. By the way, somebody's going to be like, "Wow, this conspiracy theory," (laughs) and I'm going to be like, "Okay, you're going to be on like Joe (laughs) Rogan podcast, yeah, exactly." uh, (laughs) Legalize it, you know. But they're going to. I don't know. Yeah, it's quite funny trying to explain that to people, like because I. I've just there's no thought process behind that mm. that's just literally me just watching a film yeah and that's i think you've just got to test yourself because i think it's david bowie who's like i think he said in an interview once you've got to imagine that you're going out into the sea as a musician and your toes are just touching the ground yeah and you need to go a little bit further so you're just off it so you're just in that uncomfortable zone oh nice so it's like that's the kind of thing that i try and do occasionally yeah. so it's like the odd test like write a song within an hour yeah I th- that's cool. I think i think those kinds of things are massive because they just keep your brain ticking o- yeah. over so that when it does come to hopefully in the future if it does come to a point where some record executive is like write a song you know you could yeah. be like all right i'll go and write something you could pull from all these experiences you've had yeah. and go oh yeah cool, or you've got one that. of those songs from hundreds of songs that you've got yeah. written somewhere that you can just pull out and just go so it's quite a boring answer to your question (laughs) no it's they're all interesting answers because people work differently don't they like i write songs i come up with the title first yeah so i think of a cool title and i go oh that'd be cool oh really yeah i go i'm gonna call it skyhawks and then go cool what's the riff that goes with skyhawks Skyhawks. i've never thought of doing that man yeah it's weird try that i've also written songs where i'm listening to another song so i'll be listening to elton john and i'll be writing another song at the same time yeah it's it's weird but i'd recommend trying or write songs without using the word and or yeah whatever. yeah that's that's I've, the the thing that kills me a lot with the songwriting just before we go off it or whatever mm. is like to me the most important line in a song is the first one yeah it just sets you up like it sets the tone yeah. for the rest of the track yeah of course the first line is when people go oh and they turn and listen. yeah yeah, yeah. That's, exactly that's and that's it and i think you need to be able to almost not almost tell a story with that first line, mm. but I think you need to have enough in that first line to get people's attention, to, yeah. to grip people, or have it be slightly interesting in some way. I stop writing songs a lot when I haven't got a good first line. Okay. I just feel like... It's, it's not got, ready until that line. Yeah, so, yeah. It's, it's just got nowhere to go. Even if the... Cor- and I mean, I don't really write hooky choruses, mm-hmm. but I do think a first line is pretty important. I, yeah. sound, I sound so boring saying that. <laughs> get a good first line. Well, it's in. better than the answers that you get on these, like... You'll get someone like this new artist, mm. and she's called, I don't know, 
Felipe or whatever. Right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, oh, so how did you come up with your song? And they go, well, I was just in the studio with my friend, and he came up with this line, and uh, yeah, forgetting to mention that the studio is like Air Studios, and her friend is Rick Rubin. <laughs> and you're like, well, yeah, that's where the it song comes from. Then. That happens, man. <laughs> yeah, it, hap- yeah. it happens all the time. Like, I'm not saying that because there are a lot of like really young creatives who are like really, really good and gifted and yeah. articulate and special. But there are some people out there who are like. There seems to be in some genres, I'm not going to say which ones because yeah. I don't want to upset anyone, but yeah. in some genres, it does feel like they're just writing about, I don't know, their ex. Yeah. And they'll be like, I don't know, trying to give a really in-depth kind of emotional... <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's just about your ex. It's, like, yeah. you hate your ex. Yeah. Like, we just know you hate your ex. Yeah. Like, you know, if it's not... It, to me, that's not overly... I don't get too much from that. Maybe it's because I don't relate that much. But like, yeah. I think you've just got to be honest with your like with yeah. your writing and like with with me. Like, I don't know. My songs are all about stuff that I only write about the things that interest me. But like, <laughs> yeah. you know, or if, things that have happened to you. Or yeah, yeah, things yeah. That have like, happened to JFK. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but <laughs> like, but it's it's the things that kind of make an impression on you. I guess yeah. that's what that's what I write about. Yeah. And I've tended to not write that much about my personal life. I'm okay. not I'm not hundred yeah. percent sure why. Not my immediate romantic life. No. I don't know why. I've Maybe just, it's because you're in it and it's don't take this the wrong way, but it's like it's not that interesting to you because yeah. you're in, in it and Well like I don't know. Because that's how I feel about like my own stuff. I always write yeah. about other people or other characters. But I'll be playing the character yeah, in the song. It's it's almost like if I was asked to sum up how I felt directly about my girlfriend or my parents, I would struggle to articulate the words yeah. that would sum up precisely my emotional connection to those people. But if someone came to you and said, can you write me and my wife a song for our yeah, Valentine's? Yeah, that'd be so yeah. much easier. Yeah. Because to me, like, I don't know, like you're married, like mm. I, it must be difficult to get up and say a speech at a wedding, you know what I mean? To just mm. go, oh, here's five minutes. I always think that's quite silly at weddings. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, by the way, the groom needs to sum up how he's feeling about his yeah. beautiful bride in five minutes. Just explain how much she means to you. That's why we went to New York and did it without anyone. There you go. Good. <laughs> that's, why, that's, that's a tip why. for anyone there. <laughs> that's why. Just fuck but, off and do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in your own, in your own yeah. time. But like, I think that's maybe why I don't do that. It's sometimes easier to play a character than to play yourself. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know whether I need therapy. You know what I mean? Patreon.com forward slash Dan Parkinson Music for advert free, higher quality, and early access to the Stage Fright podcast. What about when it goes from the writing process into the recording side of stuff? And then you've got other people chucking in opinions and producers so that, and musicians. Oh man, that's tough as well. Because it's almost like, I think you need to get your head around the idea that you've written it, but it's not necessarily just for you. Mm. Like for me anyway, the way that I see it is like once I've written it and I'm going to play it to people, it's not mine anymore. Mm. I know how I want it to sound, but I know I can be wrong. Yeah. So it's kind of having the humility to be like, okay, I think this needs piano and then putting piano with it and it being like, it doesn't need piano. Yeah. Like, you know, that's wrong or, or going to produce or like a, a studio and just being like, okay, this is a song, I'm going to play it out. I think even with the rules of the gig song, when we recorded that, like we said, okay, it would just be just acoustic guitar and vocals. We weren't going to do anything else. Just keep it really simple. <laughs> And like it is pretty simple, like it's still pretty stripped. I think there's a there's a bit of banjo and a bit of violin, and there's a stomp box and a tambourine, nice. which I actually really like on that yeah. because it's kind of how I perform. That's live. you, yeah, that's you. Um, the banjo and violin subtle, so it adds a little bit, but it's more or less how you would expect my solo yeah, live cool. performances to be, which is really nice. But yeah. you do go through that conversation where you'll have somebody turning around to you and going, "I don't think it needs anything else," and you'll be like. 
no, I kind of think it might. Yeah. I think it might yeah. need something. And you probably find that working in a studio as well. You're sat there like, you, you really need to really need to put some backing yeah. vocals on this, or you, really or, or, or someone will even go, yeah, it's going to have like three electric guitars. We're going to set up two drum kits and record that. And you yeah. go, I think this is just a song just for piano, guitar, and vocals. Yeah, and yeah. Like, no, 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 it's definitely not. And you're like, yeah. okay, how you, do you? You're ruining it. Yeah, yeah. How, yeah. How, how do you kind so of articulate that? So it's it's really difficult because fair credit to to Undy in particular, to be fair, who's been the main producer, I guess, behind yeah. the scenes. You know, we bounce ideas off each other and try different things, and it's trying to give him the license to go and do something yeah. and try something like when you start to sit down and work with people and it, it comes back to working with people that you get on with and their intent yeah. um most importantly mark and Undy and the guys in my band they seem i could be wrong but they <laughs> they seem to have the music as the main kind of yeah. thing like that is the main thing yeah like obviously they they care very much about how i do in my career and stuff which is also really really nice but the music is the thing yeah so all of the guys tend to not shy away from saying like nah something's wrong there you need to change this or that doesn't sound quite right that's good that you, you get to you let it go relationship yeah you but you've got to you've got to let it go and it's really yeah. difficult because there's there's people i've worked with in the past who musicians who just shy away from actually recording anything because mm. they they're almost too precious about letting it go yeah and it can be really really tough to go in somewhere and have somebody say to you i don't think you should do this you need to actually go a completely different direction yeah but i think the more insight i've had into studio work studio time working with different producers the way that people master stuff and mix stuff now it is a game of opinions mm. and like it depends on how you want to work with it's somebody. a critical world isn't it it's yeah I think I think that at the top level, I, th I think production is is so so important, mm. and I, I think that's why when a lot of people say that I'm not necessarily saying this, but there's quite a there can be an argument for it being quite a generic modern poppy sound mm -hmm. to what's in the charts at the moment. And it's probably because there's quite a lot of people who are mixing and producing stuff in a similar style mm. to create a similar, yeah, similar sound. Yeah. And that's down to, you know, record labels taking producing and mixing so seriously mm. because they know how important it is. They, yeah. kn they know how it comes across. It's almost Their more important than be. the song. Like yeah. that's, that's how valuable it is. Mm. It, it is almost more important than a song. Producing something and mixing something well can genuinely turn a i don't want to say a bad song but a song, an average song an average song into yeah. something insane if you played someone i don't know what number one in the charts is at the minute but if you played a non-musician um if you played them the first let's say bon Iver record the forever forever ago yeah and then play them something in the charts they're going to prefer the chart one because forever yeah. is going to sound like he doesn't sound as full no it doesn't sound as he recorded it in a shed he's recorded he? all musicians and artists have that fantasy of oh i just want to lock myself away for two weeks and just mm. write an album like that but what he has with bon Iver, he's got the songs he's got the lyrics with him and he's just like they hit me in such a different way than yeah like you listen to something on the pop charts and you go that sounds great like yeah, the yeah. vocals are compressed really nice the kick drum's really nice yeah but the song is like yeah, it's fine it's yeah it's okay but then there's other songs that they sort of rip your heart out a little bit because yeah. they're so good but they don't have to be produced as much how long have you been playing guitar because you're a really like, good guitar player like well yeah like 15 years 15 years like that. Yeah. yeah so you could dip into that market you could chat to guitarists about guitars but, and stuff but like i think my unique sound with a with a guitar is because i've literally just played acoustic guitar 
guitar. Mm-hmm. Like I don't tend to play electric guitar much, you know and I tend to play this kind of relatively full sounding acoustic guitar. Yeah. I don't tend to tune my guitars differently. It's always standard. <laughs> I'm glad you said um, differently. No, nah, differently. <laughs> I don't, don't tend to tune keep, my guitar. I don't tune. need to, mate. Don't tend to keep them <laughs> So the but, band no. are just trying <laughs> to keep tuning to you. Fucking hell. No, like I tend to keep them in standard. Um, really? Yeah. I, I just assumed they were open tuning. But, no, no, no. Yeah. Always in standard. Uh, occasionally I'll put a capo off of one string or something. Oh, yeah. Um, cool. It's just because I was always quite scared of having to try and tune in front of an audience. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, that's quite a daunting prospect, especially for by yourself. But like, if somebody comes up to me and starts asking me advice about what their heavy metal band should do, yeah. I'll be like, I can still respect it because I do on occasion listen to the stuff. Like, I'm not saying I don't listen to different genres yeah. at all, but I, I don't know how I would approach a heavy metal band going into a studio or yeah. whatever compared to the way I do it because their production would probably be completely totally different, different to mine. Do you enjoy recording? Yeah, like... Do you get red light syndrome or... What is that? I've never heard of that. I mean, not. No. Um, it's red light syndrome means that... Okay, we're recording. Ready? Go. Two, three, four. And then people just freeze up. Oh, man. I used to get that. Did I you? used to get that. Yeah. So that's really... I think that's... Yeah, I definitely got that before. I was quite lucky. There's a studio called Untapped Talent, which is in Southampton. Good mate of mine, Matt O'Donnell, runs that studio. Class guy. Yeah, he's a big friend of mine. But I spent three or four years probably working with Matt. Like yeah. a, a lot of my earlier stuff was recorded at Matt. I ended up deciding like I wanted a bit of a change of scene. Yeah, people do. They just want to. Yeah, and um, when I worked with him, like we worked pretty much one on one. At first, we would occasionally have the odd person in the studio. Yeah. That was such a daunting process. Mm. Like for me, when what, I first... having someone come into the studio or just working yeah, just one-on-one? like both. Okay. Like it took me six to eight months of like working in a studio where like you see the red light come on you hear the metronome start and it's like okay you're in after four yeah because people forget there's a delete button yeah mess up just start again that's that's it but you just feel the pressure of like trying to get it right or get a good take for something or trying to nail it are you a perfectionist uh i've got to say yes <laughs> i've got to say yes otherwise undy will kill me <laughs> like um it's really annoying when you're listening back to stuff you know you're specifically listening for how each note yeah yeah and, you're uh, not listening as if like a non-musician would just no and, it, and it's also i've been trying recently i don't know if you ever do this over the course of the last couple of weeks i've been listening to a couple of different playlists and there's a band called augustana who i loved growing up and still like it's just one of those bands that pop back up on a player somewhere and you're like yeah. oh, i'm gonna listen to their entire repertoire they've done like two albums since i listened to them kind of thing <laughs> really 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 good band and i was listening to them and i was you can hear like the subtleties in the slide of a guitar mm. or like and they're like a really big good band you know mm. what i mean you still get those sounds in yeah. like good big studios with yeah. well-produced well-recorded well-written stuff and i like it when it's on their record you know yeah. what i mean like i hear yeah. them do it and i'm like oh cool like i can almost hear the keys like the hammers on the keys oh, wow. in the background like and that to me is a good thing yeah like because i'm like wow it does feel that you can hear really the room, i guess as well you yeah, 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 yeah 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 so you get like this really like live experience from it but then I listen to my stuff and I'm like, oh, I can hear the hammer of the keys. Like, what's going yeah. on? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's really weird. Yeah. Because I was, I was doing that and yeah, listening to it. And uh, I've been having a chat with Undy and I, was, I wasn't sure about something uh, or one of the tracks at some point. And uh, 
he was like, no, I think it sounds good like that. Like nobody's going to notice that. Yeah. And people who do notice that will really be listening intently. And like, that's how it's kind of supposed to sound anyway. I think yeah. it's like the drag of my fingers on an acoustic. Oh or yeah, something. just the squeak. Or yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it sounds and, like you're playing a guitar. Like, yeah, that's that's it. I've grown up like listening to Damien Rice where you hear the shake yeah. of the acoustic and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And like, I love that with yeah. Damien Rice. Like and, you never listen to a Damien Rice record and go, oh, kick drum's a bit loud. Though. Yeah, exactly. You, you never listen. You no. just listen to it as it is, don't you? No, I, I listen to it. Or like, if you listen to the Lumen or something they've got like yelling and shouting going yeah. on in the background which adds to the personality of their music and i'm there like oh man like i think we need to try and find a way to eq that guitar down to yeah. try and get rid of that slide <laughs> and then he's like dude you're not what we needed this is what we need track, yeah so it's it's really difficult it, that that comes back to letting go like mm. that really does come back to letting go because i can't um let go of there's certain things where i think what you've got to get into your head is casually listening when yes. you're listening back to stuff it's trying to casually listen do you know what's a good tip for that is if you have someone who's got nothing to do with the record it could be another producer or whatever yeah, yeah. works better with family members like say you get a family member in yeah. just to listen to it and then yeah. you're almost listening to it through their ears yeah yeah it's a really weird way to do it all you got to do is pre- and all you have to do is listen to the first 10 seconds yeah, and yeah go, okay okay no no the vibe's good on this one yeah this one's fine yeah, and yeah, then yeah. just get them to listen to another one nah man i get, I get it completely and uh, yeah it's quite funny because we've got my acoustic sometimes in the studio and also the banjo and the violin they're quite difficult to eq certain mm-hmm. times if you're, if you're trying to record it in a certain way to try and keep them separate yeah, also yeah, yeah. together like um so you're trying to like blend it yeah it's i've been pulling in undy's hair out honestly man <laughs> like he's he he must i if he's still friends with me after this <laughs> you know what i mean but you know what he's like he's the nicest dude he is he? the so nicest like, guy i he, love him he, to pieces. he just loves working on music i so. know i know i know um, <laughs> but it's you getting into your own head about like yeah Oh no, I'm just overthinking it. Yeah. Like, just overthink it. <laughs> That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Yeah, it's it. tough. Kids Can't Fly was fun. I, I kind of joined it for the last three or four years of the band. Yeah. And then it kind of just disbanded because, well, it's a band and one person wanted to go off and make money. Yeah, One yeah. person wanted to go off and uh, have kids and yeah, yeah. one was off to be a joiner. And, yeah. You know, it's just it's that people management thing again. Isn't it? It's just like, how do we keep this band together? Because it's, you know, on the face of it, it's doing really well. Like, we're, yeah, yeah. You know, we're selling out the joiners like every time we played there and stuff and it was wicked. We were on like Kerrang! and all that kind yeah, of yeah, stuff. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. And like, I think Esmeralda, I think it's on like nearly 800,000 views on YouTube and like, it was mental like yeah. how it did really well. Because no one sees the behind the scenes. It just gets to a point where you go, I can't afford to keep doing this, man. I can't yeah, afford yeah. to like keep paying my mum twenty quid a week rent, and yeah. you know, then I'm you know I'm twenty five now. It's like, yeah, I do kind of want to have kids, and yeah, like that's not me. That's like the drummer wanting to yeah, go off yeah. and have kids, but yeah, it yeah. was a no, it was a fun band to be in. Touring was like, right, we're playing in Ipswich. Who do we know in Ipswich? Yeah, no yeah. one. Okay, right. Well, if you guys befriend someone at the gig, there was one time where I can't remember where we were, but me. Elliot and Elliot's sister, who was our merch girl, yeah, we slept in the van, yeah, because I was like, right, I want to go to sleep. I don't want to go out and party. Yeah, I I need to drive tomorrow because we're sharing the driving. Yeah, we'll stay in the van. Yeah, you guys go out and party and go back to this dude's house and stay there. Yeah, and you've got a place to stay. And then tomorrow night, me and Elliot and Phoebe will go out. Yeah, and we'll you know we'll, we'll have a couple of drinks and then yeah. we'll do that and then sleep in someone's house and then you know we'll mm. do it like that. So and it just gets to a point where you go. I can't be doing this all the time. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's really hard. Yeah. Really hard work. I had a job at a, a school. I was like a tech at a school and it was like quite well paid. Yeah. And I was like, I've got to go off on tour. And they're like, well, you can't because it's term. I'm like, I have to quit then. Oh, I man. Can't. And you, 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 know, you just do so much for music, don't you? you just, but like, this is so it. much into Again, it. this is like where it comes back to with logistics. Yeah. Like, where I'm like, if you look at people, passenger, 
is a good example. And I think at some point he had a band. And I think from, I don't know if he does from time to time ever play with a band. I think most of the time he plays solo. But Passenger, Frank Turner. Frank Turner was like a big person who's, I think when he was getting going, I think he did occasionally play with bands, but I think he did quite a lot of the legwork on his own. Yeah. Which got me thinking of when I was setting up to try and do more. It's like, right, you got to weigh up how you're yeah. going to do this. And that's... Yeah. That's probably the best way. When you're able to make enough money, then you have a band. Then yeah, like, you know, save money where you can. You know, yeah, spend. a lot of artists do fail at spending money because they think they're an artist and they'll have 800 followers on Instagram, right? Yeah. So they've got like quite a little bit of following. Yeah, but then they go and spend 13 grand recording their album, and you're like, you didn't have to spend no. 13 grand recording yeah, yeah, yeah. an album. Like, just yeah. do your first album for like you could do your first album for like two grand. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. As long as you find the right person to do yeah. it, like it, where you spend your money and where you can save money, it's it's trying to find the balance. Mm. which is a problem like because i don't know if i can even preach about how to find the balance you know mm. what i mean because it's like yeah no one knows that no answer. one really knows i think for me the thing i'm aiming for is just sustainability yeah keep going um, so it's like keep going there's certain acts that i look at where i'm like oh i'd like to be similar to where they are yeah in you know 10 15 years i think it, i don't know if you know like beans on toast yeah beans on toast. yeah so like people like him i look at and i'm like i think that's a cool place where he is yeah. in his career he's able to go and play i know he does a lot of gigging and he loves it and he makes great music but like isn't that what we're all kind of chasing we're in a way of, yeah. it's, it's like to be able to i don't want to say he casually tours but to tour couple of times a year mm -hmm. but then he's probably ben. looking at ben howard and going oh, yeah I wish, well I, I wish i was doing what ben howard's doing because ben howard and ben howard's looking at you too yeah it's such it's it's weird but like i've just never really felt like you've just got to look at certain people you want to get to mm. and then try and get to that yeah and then reassess when and you're then there reassess it yeah because otherwise you're going to get too bogged down aren't you All right, I'm just going to take a quick break from the show to tell you about my Patreon, where for the price of half a coffee a month, you will get early ad-free versions of the podcast in a higher quality, as well as a load of behind-the-scenes photos and audio that I've been told to say are NSFW, which I don't know what it means, but people have it on their OnlyFans accounts. Apparently, I, I, I don't know, I've been, I've been told that. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Dan Parkinson Music. You can also get the app on your phone so you can listen to my voice wherever you may be. My Patreon has a pay-what-you-can scheme where all tiers are the same. The aim of this is to have more Patreons paying the smaller fee a month and not pricing people out, which in turn will pay for the show and help it run and run until the end of time. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to the show. Your latest single, Adelaide. Yeah. When did that come out? That came out in... That's a good question. April. April, wow. Yeah, it was, yeah it's not that oh, recent. Wow. 2023. Not that recent then. Going back to the people who aren't musicians for this, like a lot of people say, well, you've recorded the song. Why can't you just release it? Yeah. But there's like a whole process. So like, <laughs> what's the process for an artist like you writing and recording a song, including like costs and stuff, just give like average costs of like how much it costs you to release a song? Man, uh, that is difficult to... Yeah. If I was going to use Adelaide as an example. Right, so I... So you write the song, that takes four hours, five hours, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. it takes a couple of days. So yeah. we, shall we say a couple of days to get that polished off and finished. For me, you want to perform the song because yeah. you actually want to know that it sounds good. You want to iron out the creases. So for me, I need to play it at least 10 times so that I know that it's actually like worthy of the studio. Mm -hmm. In my head, if it doesn't work live, it doesn't work in the studio. Yeah. Even though other people will say, if it doesn't work in the studio, it won't work live. Yeah. So there's, <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. an argument for both. I know yeah. that. But in my head, that's just the way I work it. So that, that in itself takes up two or three months 
probably yeah. before yeah. you've actually got through that where you're happy enough with it to take it to a studio. Yeah. So that's just the time period. Then if you actually want to go and take it into a studio, if you're going to lay down like a kind of a skeleton track or a guide track, that will be your first layer of acoustics and then first layer of vocal that could take four to seven hours, depending mm-hmm. on how quickly you do that. So a guide track is um, sort of like a rough track for anyone it's to a click so then you yeah. can start building the track on top of that yeah, and then you might delete all those guitars that you originally recorded and then re-record them, re-record nicer, them yeah. later yeah. yeah so it's it's trying to essentially literally that guidelines yeah. that's yeah. that's the idea of yeah. it um and then building up upon that it, and then it depends on whether you want to hire musicians in yeah to come in and do drums and bass and guitar and all that kind of stuff or well drums and bass for me mm-hmm. then it's like depends on where you want to look and who you want to hire in for that yeah. because that could be the rate for hiring a, a studio session musician can range from 20 pounds an hour to 150 pounds yeah. an hour yeah. so by the time that you've considered and that, if you think about that, that's per hour. And also you are playing for the studio time mm-hmm. per hour as well, usually, unless you've done some sort of deal with the studio where you're buying it in yep. bulk. So in which case, you know, you could be looking for, I don't know, 300 pounds for a day, mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Three to 400 pounds for a day. And then some studios will be much more expensive than that. Yeah. Other studios will be a bit cheaper, but probably not much cheaper. Yeah. You know, so there's that. And then there's the hiring of somebody. So you're looking at, uh, yeah, I don't four to five hundred pounds at least probably probably about the 500 pound mark for a day with getting i don't know like a drummer or someone like that in and then you're you're not going to do it all in one day you might get the drum you might get the drums done in one evening like if the drummer's good but if you've got a drummer who comes in and you don't know what you want and they don't know what you want because remember those are two separate things you you not knowing what you want is also a problem for the drummer because the drummer's going to come in and be like what do you want and you're going to go I don't know what I, don't I want. Know. Just do what you want. Just do and what you want. And then they do something you go, not that. Not that, yeah. <laughs> and then that drummer is then, remember if you're paying that drummer, this is just an example of a drummer. Yeah, it's an example. But yeah. like, obviously it could be any instrument. But then that drummer is going to turn around and go, oh, okay, well, like, that's fine. I can sit here and just play around for a bit if you want me to. Yeah. And you'll go, yeah, that sounds grand. Two and hours later. Two hours later, <laughs> you paid that drummer an extra, like, 120 pounds. Yeah. And also, you've got nothing recorded. And you yeah. also spent an extra yeah. 120 pounds in the studio <laughs> on the two hours yeah. of work you've not done yeah so there goes like 250 quid on not doing anything yeah so what i tend to say is plan carefully yeah. like seriously yeah. plan carefully the studio is supposed to be there to record yeah. not necessarily to write you can come up with ideas and things yeah, but yeah. you don't want to turn up and go right what song should we do today no no you want to no. go in and go we're going to do this song and we're going to try and do bass drums and maybe the acoustic get the acoustic guitar set yeah, up yeah. in day one Blah, blah, blah. And you get you get granted like the odd thing you might try depending on the studio you might try the odd thing some studios might have a certain instrument or a certain sound you're going for and you might want to go through sounds sounds yeah. are slightly different to actually what you're physically doing yeah what like, you're playing yeah. like because it, it, you could be trying to find I don't know the right sounding synthesizer which you probably do actually need to sit there and go through and yeah. find that which is a completely different thing to working out what to play what on the right part, on the yeah. on the right sounding synthesizer so so um, you need that for each instrument yeah but that piano, yeah, all the backing so vocals. Times, yeah. times that by you know four or five, <laughs> and then once that's done, okay, cool, we got to mix this. Now. Yeah, go mix that. <laughs> so there goes another two hundred and fifty quid. Yeah, there, at like. least. So you know, so you're looking at I don't know, at over a thousand pounds to get a song yeah. recorded. Like, um, it, it, depending on the studio you go to, you know, you could potentially do it for cheaper. Yeah, you, you could well end up spending more, but uh, yeah. like you know, you're normally looking to a thousand to fifteen hundred quid to get a song done. This yeah. is this is why EPs are so popular because of the fact that 
albums until you've got a decent following mm. i wouldn't necessarily say this again but like it could be argued that until you've got a decent following it's not necessarily worth releasing an album mm. because you wouldn't have the following that would listen through to the rest of the album yeah and you put 10 songs out that you've spent 10 grand on yeah yeah and people listen to the first two songs and then they drift off so you've yeah. wasted eight of your songs there whereas exactly. you could just drip feed them you could record an album yeah fine and then just release them every two yeah. or three weeks just release another song, yeah, another yeah. song and do it. Like yeah, this that is way. it. Because proportionally, it will become cheaper per song the more songs you record. Yeah, of course, yeah. Because you would get more done in each section. Because yeah. obviously, there's a lot of it that goes into setting up everything that you're doing. Also, if you are hiring in musicians to come and do it, then you're going to hire them in for less time because yeah. they're not going to have to come in day after day. Yeah, you get could them have... for two hours and do five songs. Cool, do this. this yeah, and this. exactly. Here's That's... the demos. Yeah, get, just get that done. I, yeah. uh, oh, we might need you to replay this bit. Like, okay, we'll cut that. We'll go do that. That's kind of how it will work. And with mixing as well, it's not the cost really. It's the time. Yeah. So you sit there, and then someone will do a mix, and then you've got to go and listen to it, and then make changes, and then go back, then go listen to it in the car, and then go. Oh, actually, the bass is too loud. Let's turn that down. Yeah. That's all mixing is just getting the balance right and then after that you've got mastering yeah <laughs> yeah so there goes that as well so, so there's another hundred quid on that you know right. so it's a really popular dynamic well really popular thing to do now where people will literally just be like right okay me and my band are going to go and stay in this studio for two weeks mm, we're yeah. just going to do this album yeah like because then they kind of sit there and they all get it done and they're all in the mindset yeah and it's not it's not a holiday believe no, me right? it's, no, not, a it's holiday. not a holiday but like that is kind of beneficial because it's done and it's out of the way i've always yeah. it can drag on for months yeah it can drag um, on for ages so yeah you're looking at i don't know if you're just doing one song on its own then you could be at a thousand to fifteen hundred pounds but if you're doing five songs then per song you're probably looking at more like 500 pounds per song yeah. because you're able to get more done in that kind of period of time yeah and also you you can mix everything together and you'll have a similar yeah and kind you of can sound. once you've mixed one song you can kind of move yeah. that on to the next mix yeah. oh and the difference between mixing and mastering as well you get a mix done and it's not necessarily as loud as a song that's mastered on the radio so they'll send it off for mastering and that's another engineer that'll just listen to the full track that's mixed and then basically sort of make it louder and just kind of compress it like a bit nicer yeah. and eq it a bit so yeah. basically mastering just makes every the easiest way to think about it is mixing gets all the levels in the song together and then mastering just makes it louder for everyone to be able to hear it that's yeah. basically for people listening that radio don't know level. what there's radio level like, yeah like, that's yeah. what it is yeah. so the reason i asked that so then when you chuck it on spotify right. <laughs> and you're getting 0.003 pence a stream <laughs> yeah that really puts it into yeah perspective, man it? it does which is why you've then got to spend another three four hundred quid on merch yeah. to sell that to recuperate it's, the cost like it's it's difficult because the thing that i feel weird about is like i don't actually feel that bad about myself about this okay. i seem to be okay with selling cds and merch cool i seem to do all right for selling cds i think maybe it's the genre of music i play are you quite I, happy to go up to people and go do you want to buy my cd and oh stuff? don't do that no, no yeah, i still no. don't do that don't have okay. the bottle to do that no <laughs> <laughs> but um, the way that I've always thought about it is like, it's an investment. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not expecting to recoup my losses for some time. Mm -hmm. Maybe again, this is where I've started slightly older, like business wise, I'm well aware that if I think of this as a business, it, it's an investment. Yeah, and of course. most startup companies don't turn a profit for the first three years. So well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm well aware of that. I have to invest into this before I actually see anything out of it. Man, it's rough. Like yeah. if you get into the, the long and short of the financial side of it, you really will get bogged down. Like it, mm -hmm. it's hit me pretty hard. You've just 
just got to try to remain focused and mm. just make sensible decisions and try and work out where you're going to try and get those costs well try and get that money back from yeah because there's a, there's a decent argument of like oh if you're doing an album there's no point in doing an album if you're not gonna tour it or promote it yeah because otherwise you'll just release it and then it's just there it's just on spotify you know you know nobody's yeah. gonna like nobody's paying to come and watch you or you know you're not selling any merch kind of thing it's quite important in that sense where you've got that going on. But there's essentially there's a there's a point where if you're not going to go and promote it, then you're not actually going to have made anything back off of it. Yeah. So just think about why you're doing it. I love these little interview things, but Jerry Seinfeld, the comedian. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, he's talking to a comedian backstage, and it's when Seinfeld was the biggest show in the world. I think it is still like one of the biggest Probably, grossing yeah. shows ever. Yeah. But he's talking to like a struggling comedian backstage in New York. And the comedian's like, oh, man, I'm 30 years old. I've been doing this for over a decade now, like stand-up comedy. I yeah. go out, you know, I have to wade through all the hecklers and the drunk people. And sometimes I turn around and I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, yeah. what, am, what am I hoping for? Like, the audiences seem to be getting bigger, but like, why am I actually doing this? I don't feel like I'm making any money out of it. Yeah. And Jerry Seinfeld turns to him and he tells this story where he's like, so back in like the 60s, there was a plane crash there was a Motown band. They had all of their band equipment and they, they all survived this kind of like, it's a like low level danger plane crash kind okay, of thing. Yeah. They can't get off the runway. It's not really a crash. And they're like, oh, we're going to walk to try and get this bus instead of taking the plane. So they, they all have to carry their equipment to the local bus stop out yeah. the airport. And uh, it's like Christmas Eve and they're walking towards the bus stop and there's a house next door to the bus stop that they're going to and they're all carrying like tubers and ridiculous yeah. drum kit and stuff. And they look in this house next to the bus stop and there's a family just having like a nice christmas yeah and uh like one of them turns to the other one and they're like oh man i would hate to do that thing <laughs> and um like i i heard that story and i was like, i didn't really understand the meaning behind it i think the meaning behind it is that it is a lifestyle yeah because that family be looking out the window going oh, i would hate, hate to, to be those that. guys yeah. who are you know struggling musicians yeah. that are having the worst time ever carrying their instruments yeah. from a plane <laughs> yeah. crash to a bus stop yeah but the point remains you have to find something that you're that you're willing to chase whatever the cost yeah i'm pretty determined i know a lot of people turn around and say they're determined but i've i don't know i feel like i've sacrificed a lot like yeah I, I work insanely hard like uh, yeah you can see that you, you like, work hard uh, and, and part part of the pain i hate people who say they work hard as well like yeah. i really people are like i work really hard and i'm like <laughs> you're a dick like don't say you work hard i judge you but like yeah. you know like i i work at quite a few jobs to try and make this yeah. work so it's it's kind of an investment of time and money because mm. some people will be doing what you do but they don't have the jobs they're just no. sat in their bedroom waiting for that the really, phone call which that is, really confuses me yeah. I'm, I'm so confused like i don't sometimes bedroom, when i talk to them and they're like wow like they're like how did you manage to afford to buy a van or something and i was like i worked full time whilst yeah. going out and playing yeah. seven nights a week yeah. like i did that all of last year <laughs> yeah. and i'll be like you know like i was doing like three jobs you if know? you want like, it enough my mum said to me once if you want something enough you will sort of work other jobs to do that yeah to yeah. do the, what you want to do that's it that's exactly it so that's what i do like yeah. you know and uh, i still work a few i don't work full-time anymore i work a few days a week yeah. but then all of my days off are, are just on music and music stuff so yeah. um yeah there are some musicians Weird, i speak it? to and they're, they're like oh man like you know i'm really struggling to to do this and i'm like oh well what, what other work do you do and they're like other work, other work yeah i'm like well, I mean, yeah, that's how the world works. Like, if you don't go <laughs> yeah. and earn money, then you're not going to be able to do that. And I think that might be where some... I, I went and spoke to a uni class a little while ago. Cool. And like, my last piece of advice was, 
be careful about what job you get when you come out of university. Um, yeah. Some people realize straight away when they come out of uni and they go into their first job, or that's just an example. They could come out of school or college and go into yeah. their first job. They feel under pressure to keep that job yeah. because they've just got qualifications that probably adhere them to that role. Yeah. And they're going like, oh man, I actually hate this role. I really yeah. enjoyed my course at uni or college or school or whatever, but I'm not sure about whether yeah. I actually want to do this. And if, if they try and leave, then the boss goes, oh, I can give you an extra £1,500 yeah, exactly. a year. And you're and like, you, okay, I'll stay another yeah, year. Yeah, I'll then, stay. Yeah. And, then, and then next thing you know, you've been there for 10 years yeah. and you're like, oh, why have, I, why have I stayed? But there's a lot of people who go into music and they just end up working in bars or hospitality. Yeah. That stuff just clashes with your yeah. your music like it's straight up and there's been like loads of musicians i know who still work in bars and they're i'm like there's a support slot that's come up for this they were like oh, i can't do that i'm working, I'm working and i'll be like right, yeah yeah don't do that yeah, job like yeah, yeah. you know like like i'm not talking to people who like they complain about this job they say they hate that job and then they still do it and yeah they're, they're like oh yeah. man like you know maybe i should do something else like, yeah well if you want to do music then you need to do something you need to else. fund it somehow you need yeah. to yeah so you need to go and i, I don't know it, it could be anything but mm. if, if you need to be free in the evenings i'm afraid you kind of need to do a job that means you're free yeah. in the evenings, but can afford to go and do things in the evening. It might mean you're up at 8am going to work, stacks Chelbers at Tesco's, yeah, and then yeah. you finish at 12, get to the gig, yeah. play a gig, back at Tesco's, you know, and it'll be fucking hard work. But this is why people are like, it's really hard work. Yeah. And it's like, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, <it's fucking laughs> you know? well yes it is. Yeah, because somebody did turn to me a while ago and they were like, how are you juggling that many gigs? And I'll be like, I'm free every evening. I want to play every night. Yeah. Like, that's it. A night in is a night wasted. Patreon.com forward slash Dan Parkinson Music. Do you get burnout? Um, like, yes and no. Technically, probably yes. Oh, man, it's so sad. Just make sure you go running enough. Like, is oh, okay, it like yeah. stay healthy, eat healthy? Yeah. So that's really sad. Like, I don't tend to have a beer at shows. Nah. I don't know. It's just trying to do the little things that give you a little bit of an edge. Like, yeah. that kind of thing is kind of important so i do get burnt out from time to time if i play there's been a few times over the last year where i've played like six or seven gigs in a weekend and it's yeah. like you know you're by the fifth or sixth one you're in a pretty bad way yeah yeah i remember inputting my prs i think i played um <laughs> i think i played four shows in a day and it wouldn't let me submit my performances because oh, it was really? too many yeah they were saying like <laughs> too many performances for one day and i was like what like i didn't know that was a thing <laughs> yeah. you know? so you're um, the performing rights society yeah. i'm performing <laughs> exactly yeah i'm performing like i've only done the four shows no so yeah like it was for i think it was two at one festival two at another yeah. festival but all on different stages all different sets different yeah. performances different, different songs i was like man like you're not letting me so um <laughs> so yeah so i i don't know dude like it, i was pretty burnt out after that weekend because i had a couple of shows i had a, a, a lunchtime thing and an evening thing the day after as well so it's like you do you do but like um still go running like just mm. get get out just take the time to try and switch off once in a while. Yeah. I mean, I never switch off, but yeah, it's, 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 it's advice that do, people say. Switching off is really hard for me to do, especially yeah. over Christmas was the hard one for me because I was like, I know I should be taking time off here, but yeah. I feel like I should be at the studio. It's so tough with your phone. Like that's yeah. the thing that I find the hardest. It's my phone because there's a lot of stuff that crops up where somebody will, and it only happens like a couple of times a year where someone will be like, someone's dropped out of this support slot. Yeah. Can you come and play it? And if you're not that guy where you're like, boom, I'm on it. Like, I'll come and play it. Then you've missed it. You've missed it. Yeah. And I'd like to think that now I've got a decent enough relationship with enough promoters where if there was something that was coming up, they just ask me anyway. Yeah. It's that mentality of just being available mm. whenever 
somebody needs you and it's it's just a weird thing man because there's a, yeah there's some things that come up where somebody will offer you something and you'll miss the message or you won't look at your phone until 12 hours later and they'll be yeah. like never mind do you compare yourself to people online do you do that no nah, no nah. not? not anymore no i mean like i did that i only got only i got instagram about it was probably about four years ago now okay. so i haven't had it for that long well, it's quite a while, I guess. Mm. But I mean, uh, it's difficult because if you, both my Instagram and Facebook pages, which are probably my main social media pages yeah. I use, yeah. both of those were started when I was 26 or 27. So that would have been with no following from any friends from school, college or university, Yeah, uh, which is quite a kick in the nuts. Mm. Like when you think about how, by the way, if you're at college or university or school right now and you're wanting to do music, Get a music profile. Get all your mates to add you. Yeah. Because all your mates are going to like go to different colleges and universities or they're going to move away at some point. Yeah. And those numbers are quite important to some people. Yeah. Like, so, you know, boom, there's 2,000 for you. Yeah. Get you going. <laughs> yeah. Um, so please take advantage of that because, yeah. Uh, yeah, like I wasn't lucky enough to have that. So it's like start from scratch. So when I was like starting from scratch and you're on like 52 followers or something, yeah. you're looking around and you're going like, oh man, how's that guy got 4,000 followers? You yeah. know what I mean? Like you're doing yeah. that and you're going like, man, that hurts. Like, you, you know, you feel like you're good enough to kind of musically stand up against these people, but you're not good enough on social media, yeah. which is a really conflicting feeling. Because you feel that people, whenever they look at your profile, the first thing people look at is how many followers you got. Mm. It's such a weird, imagine Instagram got rid of the followers <laughs> and the like count. Imagine yeah, yeah, they got rid of that and it was just like, no one knew how many followers you yeah. had. Like, it would be a better place, wouldn't it? The I, world would be I a think far it'd better probably place. be a better place, yeah. I mean, also, I'm going to get quite grumpy now. The blue tick. <laughs> oh, the um, blue tick the, thing, yeah. The blue tick has kind of gotten to me recently because now if you have a business account, you can be offered the blue tick yeah. um, to pay for the blue tick to have yeah. it. £10 and a month or whatever. It's something, it's something yeah. like that, which I think it does. It is tempting to do just because of the extra security to stop hackers from getting into your profile. Yeah. Um, so that is tempting to do. But uh, it's really difficult to tell who's famous now. If yeah. you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know who's yeah. famous anymore. 40 followers on yeah. Blue Tick. And you're like, what's the point yeah. of the Blue Tick then? Um, to be fair, like, I think they just want to be verified, which is completely their own right. But yeah. it is quite a funny point. If you focus too much on what someone else is doing, you won't do what you're doing naturally. Yeah. So just try and do what you're doing naturally. I don't know about what you do with socials, but for me, like, I've consciously done this thing whilst I had less followers where I would trial different things, read mm -hmm. a load of books on social media, uh, it turns out that anyone can write a book on social media and yeah. marketing. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah. But to not necessarily do any of that and just essentially all you want to do on social media is be consistent yeah. and be yourself. And be yourself, yeah. Um, because like the consistency is probably the most important thing. Yeah. A lot of the people that are out there and they're doing really well on socials are probably just consistently doing things that are relating to people. And that's why the consistency is key. And if they've combined that with a piece of themselves in whatever way, then that's going to earn them success in yeah. that respect. But I tried like doing a load of covers. I'll try doing more comedy related content, yeah. seeing how videos and pictures of stuff that I find funny maybe I won't just make it a music page maybe yeah. I'll make it a page about a cooking anything. page I'll yeah exactly cooking. throwing yeah. stuff about my running or fitness mm. or something I remember I did try a uh oh it was so embarrassing I tried to do I, I love the idea of just slagging myself off um so <laughs> there were a few videos I tried where I'm gonna attempt do you know any CrossFit? So CrossFit is like a workout yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. It was like made by the Marines or someone. Okay, right. So I was like, right, no training. <laughs> <laughs> no training. I'm going to do the hardest CrossFit challenge. 
<laughs> humiliating man humiliating i had to take that video down because it was just like oh really it was like yeah it was i can't remember what it's called there's a crossfit challenge which i'm sure someone will comment saying oh it's this it's where you have to wear like a weight vest run one mile it doesn't sound like that much at first you run one mile with a weight vest then you do a hundred chin-ups 200 press-ups 300 squats and run another mile and you have to do that like just as quickly as you can right so it's just man like, i could wow. barely do chin-ups so it was like <laughs> it was just just humiliating like i was just afterwards i was like why did i do that and why did i do that what was the point for 100 and, likes yeah for like i didn't even get 100 likes i just got <laughs> yeah. loads of people being like oh but you barely showed any of the chin-ups properly or like oh, random, right, yeah. random mates from uni being like poor technique on the yeah. uh, press-ups there rob <laughs> You know, I'm like, I don't need this shit. This is a music page. So I yeah. stopped I stopped adhering to that kind of thing when I when I went through that process. I've like, worked on a lot of videos that they've taken a lot of time and I'll put them up and then I'll realise, oh, I should have edited that five yeah. seconds earlier. <laughs> yeah, and no, I should have said that quicker. And then like, I, I put up a video once. Yeah. On t- I do all right on TikTok. I do quite well on TikTok. Yeah. So I put up a video and it got like... 1500 views or whatever yeah and i was like i'm just gonna try something and i just took it down and i just re-uploaded it again Fifteen thousand views really like straight away yeah i was like fucking out what, what's the rule yeah yeah <laughs> that is so that's, none of it makes like it doesn't I make any sense i don't know how it makes sense i don't know if it's algorithms or, i have no idea man like it's like so check that again they move the goalposts and they yeah it, mm. it, it, all, it always seems to change and like the thing is that if people find it interesting they will find it yeah, like, course, event- yeah. eventually yeah. the problem that i think a lot of musicians have is that they're actually recycling a lot of similar material consistently mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so for me mm-hmm. like it's announcing gigs like that's a real yeah. problem to do that and make it look good because soon as someone here that oh that he's got a gig i swipe like, yeah like, he's trying just, to promote just like, like oh it's just another gig yeah like you know what i mean like he's i think without open mics at 144 gigs last year wow. so it's like it's quite a lot of gigs but like i would have had a poster for most of those mm. so say i've got 100 and i don't know 100 posters or whatever you know if you're sharing 100 posters yeah and they all just look like gig posters because they yeah. do granted gig posters are important by the way like they if they look nice people will take the yeah, gig more seriously that, gig, does, yeah. that does that does matter like don't don't say it doesn't but like there's no other way around it Mm. you've just got to share the fact that you're doing it and there's only so many ways that you could be like i'm so excited to do this yeah blah 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 (laughs) you know i did a couple of things on cruise ships last year it shouldn't get to me but i'll be like i'm gonna go and support james walsh from star sailor yeah so that was like a really big thing for me i listened to his music growing up and i I thought that was really cool and i announced it and put it on socials and it got like 15 likes on instagram or something i was like great like 15 by the way one five not 15 yeah, like, yeah oh mate yeah. so like i was like i was like okay like that was i thought that was pretty cool like i've supported yeah, him before great. really nice guy but brilliant musician brilliant guy and then like a few days later i was going to norway to play on a cruise i was just on the back of the cruise ship i just took a picture of southampton water and just went like off to norway to play a cruise like do we say anything else mm-hmm. 122 likes <laughs> yeah I was like, it's a perception thing. It's just a thing. thing. Like, you know, what do I like? Southampton water didn't even look nice at the time. It was raining. (laughs) It wasn't even like a good shot of the, it's more of the the cars on the. And yet, James Walsh is someone that you've admired growing up and it's like a big deal. You know, that's a a really good example, to be fair, is something where I'm like, well, these are two different shows. People can't even come to the Norway one. Like, Mm. they can't come to that one because the people who are coming to it are already on the ship with me. So they're not, (laughs) nobody reading this is coming to the Norway one. Yeah. 
but like it's more interesting to people because I'm going somewhere yeah, else. It's Norway. It's yeah, a, it's exactly. A ship, yeah. It's like, oh, cool. He's on a ship. Like, not that supporting James Walsh isn't cool. No, like, which I still think it is. Yeah. Like, but to that's other cooler people, than going. Yeah. On a cruise, like it'd be cooler if I could have supported James in Norway. Like yeah, that would be cooler. Yeah. But it'd you be know. cool if James Walsh was driving the boat <laughs> while you were playing, <laughs> Captain Walsh, <laughs> Captain. taking me to Norway. I don't, I don't know. It's uh, if you sit around and you're like just constantly looking at what other people are doing, then you're you're just going to get swallowed up. Yeah. In it, and you're going to get really upset. And there's a few songs I've written where a lot of it is relating to mental health issues off the back of not necessarily for me, but people who struggle with it mm-hmm. because they spend so much time on social media thinking yeah. about what they should be rather than what they are. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to preach about it, but it's like do your own. Thing. Thing. yeah and like, don't worry about anyone do else. your own thing yeah. and, and also people will like you for who you are like yeah. it's gonna sound very taylor swift but yeah. like people will like you for who you are people don't like people who are just really fake about it yeah and do kind of do yeah. stuff just for the sake of attention and also there's a lot of music people who know enough about the stuff that's going on that know when you're bullshitting as well yeah which I always find quite funny yeah, because it's quite nice yeah. to know. Like, I'm sure there's stuff I still don't know. I'm not saying I know everything, but there's sometimes people post something and they're like, I'm really excited to do this. Song. Or it'd be like, I'm supporting you too. And you're like, you're playing a festival that you two are headlining oh, and you're on a different stage. That's, so that's exactly <laughs> it's it. It's not really yeah. supporting you too, is it? I've opened for sat- Yeah, and it's, uh, yeah, you're sat there and you're like, man, that doesn't count. Like, yeah, it doesn't, it does, it doesn't, does it doesn't, count. doesn't count. Um, yeah. like, it doesn't count. I'm really sorry, but yeah, yeah it doesn't yeah, count. Yeah. Um, but I wish it counted, you know, but sadly, no. Um, but <laughs> Yeah, because I would have supported so many more yeah, people. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> you know. Quick fire questions just to end the podcast on. Go on. So yeah, don't think about them too much. But what band could phone you up now and say, the gig is tonight, can you do it? Oh, Alive or or Dead? Yeah, any. 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 Oh, Tom Petty. Oh, really? Yeah. Tom Petty. Yeah, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. I would go and jam with them. I I wish I could have that back. You know what I mean? So Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band would be the one that's still knocking about. Or the Lumineers would be the the other one. Oh, Jason Isbell. Yeah, okay. (laughs) I'm just just going to keep going on about these American acts that I clearly listen to. um, For the good time, I would say... I'm actually going to go with the Lumineers. I okay. thought about it a little bit more. If they're like, if it has to be people who are, are still knocking about now, I'll go Lumineers. for the Lumineers. Yeah, yeah they great. seem like that seems like yeah. That that first album was a big one for me. They do a lot of the whole stomping and jumping yeah. and everything like yeah. that. So that'd be fun. Yeah. What artist did you instantly connect with after hearing? Oh, well, that's Tom Petty. Tom Petty yeah, yeah. yeah we <laughs> so, sorry about that. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give to your younger self? Um, oh, man, I would say get singing lessons. Uh, oh really i would probably say get singing lessons yeah, yeah. i've still never had singing lessons there's a misconception like, that people i said this to an artist once i said um oh maybe you should go like try and get singing lessons and he took offense to it yeah. and i was like yeah, I no 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 that. it's not because you can't sing because you can sing yeah. but it's just about like you'll learn how to warm up your voice yeah. and how to yeah that's... i still need to do that more like i still need to i do warm it up i had a couple of singing lessons i i almost went on the voice Oh, did you? Um, and yeah, I ended up like having to go for like a singing thing with like their vocal specialist oh, or something. Kid. But I'd never had a singing lesson before. So I went into that and she'd like worked with all kinds of people. Yeah. And I was just so in over my head. And she was really, really nice. Like, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't think I would have been the best singer she'd have seen that day. That's mm-hmm. for sure. But I came out feeling 10 feet tall. Like she taught me mm-hmm. within the space of about 10 minutes. She had taught me more than I had known wow. in, in the previous like five years of singing, which is like, you just kind of wish you'd have had yeah. that earlier. And I mean, granted, like she was super nice, absolute legend of a person. I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but I think it's just subtle things that I could have 
have maybe have done before that and they're techniques that i still use now like mm. little warm-up things that i still do now yeah great i just wish i had that when i was i don't know i'm not saying it would have made that big a difference i think i've got quite a distinctive voice yeah so i don't necessarily try to out range people if you get what i mean yeah, I don't try yeah. And do that kind of thing uh, but one song you're proud to be a part of what can i say one i've written or yeah you yeah, say one like uh, all quiet on the western front that, quiet, would be, yeah. that would be uh that would be my that's uh, probably my proudest song i've written i would say pretty big fan of we spoke about songwriting mm -hmm. techniques earlier and it's weird because for that song i i kind of wrote it as a as a poem Nice. Um, and it was everything that I spoke about earlier. Like the first line is all quiet on the Western Front. Yeah. I just ran with that. Oh man, like I'm I'm actually really, really proud that I've written that. Great. Um, was that a moment where you finished it and you thought, oh, maybe I can do this. Maybe um, I can do this. Thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's the first time I've ever played a song to someone. And because I played it to Emily, my girlfriend and my housemate at the time, Aaron, I played it to them and they normally they give you feedback and yeah. they, you kind of need your friends to or family to be hypercritical. Yeah. Because that's actually really important that they don't just sit there yeah, and go, Yeah, they go, oh, it's brilliant. Oh, you're, uh, you're great. You know yeah, what I mean? The, if it's, you, yeah. You're the, you're the best you know yeah. you, you don't want that because that's not you, helpful you, obviously you do want a bit of that but you don't you don't want mm. your mum to be there going like oh you're fantastic because yeah. otherwise you won't actually improve yeah so that's the first time i've ever written something and they were just like that was amazing like that wow. was great like that you should be happy with that that's great i wouldn't change a thing great and normally they would be like nitpicking and because like, you want them to nitpick yeah stuff needs nitpicking like but that's the first time i've ever written something i'm saying it's amazing now that makes me sound a bit arrogant no no i don't mate, mean it no, like that good. but You're like, in the same um, space, but like it's a it's as in where you know you actually write something and it, the first impression somebody got straight away from it was like just yeah. leave that like Great. just do it like that which is like such a big thing as a writer to like feel like you've actually found your groove yeah because then after that that gives you the confidence to go and do it more. gives you the bar as well yeah cool it has to be around that bar that doesn't is, have to be better than the bar it just no, has to be around it needs that bar. to be, it needs to be in the realms of that so that i can yeah. perform it near it you know so that was huge that so i would go with that song great yeah. i'll stick that on the uh because i do the stage fright playlist on spotify so oh. i've got a playlist of, of songs that people mention on the show or yeah, whatever. yeah so yeah i'll stick that on there Legend, um, thank you That's yeah and before you go uh what have you got coming up last show, i last have question. got debut album which mm -hmm. is coming out march the first the title track from that album is out probably out by the time this podcast comes out but uh, january 12th that's coming out lost soul cool. so album's called lost soul lost soul should be out or coming out by the time that you hear this so <laughs> go check that out yeah and then i've got another single which should be out in february called the rules of the gig which we've spoken yeah, about as cool. well but yeah the debut album lost soul and then there's going to be an album launch in southampton on march the 2nd i'm touring across the uk europe and then back to the UK again. Yeah. So I'm doing southern UK dates. And then I'll be off to, to Germany and the Netherlands, hopefully Switzerland as well. But And then I'll come back and do a couple of northern dates. And I'll finish in Portsmouth at the end of May. Great. So uh, tour and then hopefully festivals in the summer as well. So yeah. there's a lot going on and I'm tired already. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just want my van to work. Yeah. That's the only thing I, I can get around my, my head around is like, I just want my van to work. I need to go to the dentist. Like the two <laughs> yeah. things. Like I just want to go and play music and yeah. it's just these adult things and keep coming up. And life gets in the way. Man, it's just so yeah. annoying. I'm just going to shave my head and move to Nepal. You know, <laughs> just, that's what's going to happen in the end. Yeah. Um, Put on that suit and start selling insurance. Yeah, again. exactly. Yeah. Why not, man? Why not? Not. Nah, it's been a it's been a blast. Thank you so mate, much for having mate, thank me. Thank you for coming honestly. in. It's been nice to actually sit down and nah, chat to you. Absolute so. pleasure. I'm hoping the band makes it home. That's all yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise you have to live it. <laughs> <laughs> right, thanks, mate. Thank you so much.
That was the second part of talking to Rob Clamp here on the Stage Fright Podcast. Here on the stage. Why did I write that? Uh, go keep up to date with Rob online at Rob underscore Clamp underscore music and check out his songs Adelaide and Lost Soul over on the Stage Fright playlist. Link in the description. If you'd like to help out the show, please sign up to my Patreon where for the price of half a coffee a month, you'll get early, ad-free, higher quality access of the pod as well as some extra bonus bits and conversations. Patreon.com forward slash Dan some music email me any thoughts and ideas you might have for the pod all right stage fright at gmail.com and find us on instagram i always say find us on instagram but it is just me <laughs> find me on instagram at the stage fright podcast make sure you like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and thank you for listening and share it as well share it that really helped thank you very much i'll see you in the uh, i'll see you in the next one bye oh, i've still got loads of the music to go is this it? Okay, right. I'll, I'll, I'll see you in the next one. Bye. <laughs> Flawless. This episode is sponsored by Kiss. The new single by me. <laughs> the new single by Dan Parkinson. You don't have to be rich to be my girl. You don't have to be cool. Stream Kiss by Dan Parkinson on all streaming platforms now. I'm more compatible with I just want your